Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Key got the day off. Jay and me. Oh, he's Jay? lucky he got the day off today. Why is that? Because I was salivating yesterday. I was in the car. I was doing first take. Well, I was here doing first take, and then I got released. So I was in the car on my way released? back home. Released? What is it, a bid? <laughs> Essentially. And then I got the call from Cassandra that said, hey, Kevin Durant is officially coming back to Brooklyn. You know me, Max. First thing on my text. Because Yates, between Yates and, 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 and Key, the yeah. day that all happened, oh, they called me nonstop. Like, I told you, Key. was like, I told you, I told you. And I was like, okay, so me, Key, I told you. Yeah. Told you he wasn't going anywhere. Josiah wasn't trying to let that happen. Mm. Well, publicly, he's not going anywhere at the moment. What I would say is this, and maybe you're right, but what I would say is this. I think it's impossible to tell at this moment, even if you have inside information, because I put myself in the Nets position. Mm-hmm. If it were me, I would go to KD, and, and this is what I would say. And since this is what I would say, I just assume this is what they're telling them, right? Look, we will make, we will listen to offers before the trade deadline to move you if we get the right offer, and we will make a genuine effort to do it. But it cannot be done publicly like this because the return will never come close to what we need for you, Okay. So we have to get on the same page publicly at least and say everything's cool and we're moving forward. And then when this noise dies down a little bit, we can explore some options. Not making any promises, but we can explore options. But we can't do it while everyone knows you're a distressed asset that wants out because we're not going to get a deal that we're going to make. That's fair. Or it could be another, another scenario where it says, hey, Kevin, how do you feel about going to Memphis? Memphis has offered the best package. When if Katie said, ah, you know what? I kind of like it's not it though. It's not the answer. Well, they gave us the best package, so it's either no doubt this yeah. or the team that you have in front of you that is best equipped to win the Eastern Conference and potentially a World Championship. And by the way, if we're able to make all this work, and we'll see where Kyrie Irving is this year with his commitment to the team, because we need to see that proven over time about him being sustainably available. Right? If he's there. Then we can revisit that. And by the way, if we win a championship, let's talk about running it back for everybody. It could be that, that as well. could easily be what easily. It, easily be what it is. And try this. Matt Barnes talked about this on this just in yesterday. I don't know if you heard about a show on ESPN, two PM. Are we still doing that? Yeah, well, no, it's handsome. It's host, been past I guess I've noticed it. It's been past the year. Notice You're, I didn't say new. You did I, say you just I, said no, new I show. Said, I said fantastic show. Oh, fantastic. I don't know if you've oh, seen you it. Oh, you used a different adjective. I did not well say done. new. Okay. Well, it's, listen, new is a bit a big word to, to, to <laughs> omit. So, But the point is, Matt Barnes said, look, any team you go to, you got a gut to get KD. Exactly. So, But try this one. The Brooklyn Nets with KD on it probably have, I'm not saying the best chemistry, the best team. I'm saying the best roster in the NBA if everyone's healthy. Right? Who has a better roster than the Nets if everyone's healthy? I mean, you could make a case with the Clippers, depth, Golden State, depth, Boston, depth. 
Milwaukee will still be there. But I, I do like their chances. Here's the first thing I thought about yesterday. So I get the news on the boardroom, uh, which is their handle, right, their business handle, in which Kevin Durant have his conversation with Joe Sy, Clara Sy, Sean Marks, Rich Kleiman, who kind of oversees everything at 35 Ventures and KD, that he's coming back. And I think, oh, wow. Steve Nash is on the hot, hot, <laughs> hot seat. Don't Be- sit down, as a matter of fact. Because it was only a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that Kevin Durant gave Joe Sy an ultimatum by saying, hey, look, I'll come back if Steve Nash and Sean Marks are not here. But now Steve Nash being there, how, what position does that put him in? And the accountability that you need Steve Nash to hold. I still do not think that Steve Nash is the answer. I do not think that. I think Mark Jackson could be the answer. You need somebody to keep Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons, who we have not even spoken about yet, coming off a season where he did not play and was reluctant to shoot the ball, coming off a season with the 76ers where he said, I have mental challenges. I do not believe that Steve Nash, who is a great person, a Hall of Fame basketball player, has a very high basketball IQ. I do believe that he lacks an experience to help those three work collectively together. And by the way, we will see in the first month and a half, two months of the season, if he is well-equipped enough to do that. But I don't think he will be. I think that's fair. I think I don't like to ever rule people out. Like we were even talking before the show about the Clippers, and I mentioned, you know, the problem with picking the Clippers to win the whole thing, otherwise you might. Paul George has not shown he can do it deep in the playoffs, right? He underperforms. That doesn't mean he can never do it. It just means he hasn't done it till now, so you start to think the odds are against it. Yes, but you, you trust in the head coach. It's like the Miami Heat. You trust in Eric no, what I mean. It's like San Antonio Spurs. You trust in Greg Popovich, and it's the same for Ty Lue. You trust in Ty Lue's ability, 100%. which is the person that Kevin Durant actually wanted to coach this team from the beginning, but he didn't put his foot down, and they went with Sean, but my, my, Sean Marks and, and Steve, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. And what I would say about Nash is the reason I bring up that is as an analogy. Steve Nash has not shown at all that he could be the boss of a team, basically, that he could run the team and hold people accountable, all that. That doesn't mean he, he's incapable of I doing it. You. It just means that based on the evidence so far, you're not going to bet on it. Personality type, what you've seen, the evidence so far, lack of experience until very, very recently. That said, the thing that Key talked about like a week or two ago, maybe a little earlier in the summer even, is had KD made the ultimatum, either Steve Nash or Sean Marks. Had he targeted one or the other, especially if it's the coach, you got a better shot. But when you say, I want everybody gone, it's like this is you don't yeah. own the team. But see, I don't... Uh, that, that, no, I what just, I mean is that, therefore, Steve Nash really is on the hot seat because, yeah. because to get rid of the coach is not really a big deal. Well, that's why I, did, I, I disagree with Key because I said it, it's not absolute. This is a negotiation. Just because you say something one day... By the way... It was only six months ago that you said you love Steve Nash. So, I, I, by the way, when people go into negotiations, they look at your history and they pay attention to, you know, the consistency of your thoughts. So if your thoughts have changed, let me just sit and wait a second because your thoughts may change a week and a half from now. Let me find middle ground. So that's why I said before, I think Steve Nash was that middle ground for Kevin Durant as related to that. Jay, I mean, we've watched some Nets games together that like and, and, and parts of games and the, the Nets do not seem to have a like when you think of a well-coached team like take the Dallas Mavericks when Rick Carlisle was there 
everyone was always where they were supposed Even to be. Even the Dallas Mavericks with Jason Kidd. I mean, yeah, well, for sure. But I'm thinking about when that offense was like super yeah. efficient. They had a plan, right? You could see it. I, I think of Mike Tyson in his prime. Everyone else is messing around. He is programmed. He has a plan. The Nets are like, uh, you know, playing. It looks like pickup ball. And if you have, and they can still win because that's how good the talent is. But if you had a coach come in and really instill a, install a system with those guys? Not worried about the X's and O's as much as I'm worried about the accountability. And just for one second to dig into that bag of evidence, in Steve Nash's defense, he has not had a fully complete team. It feels like at all throughout his journey or his tenure with the Nets. Either it was Kyrie Irving being hurt, James Harden being hurt when they made that run. Uh, they were a inch, a shoe, half, you know, inch away from beating the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Won the chip. Last year, pandemic. There's been a lot of stuff going on in his defense. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio. Everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So let me tell people what happens here at ESPN. Obviously, we have teams that we are fans of, right? It was funny, like, you know, 10 years ago, we couldn't. We had to be at an objective. But now we can actually have teams that we like. I like the Mets. I've spent time with Steve Cohen. I've spent time with their franchise. I like their players. I am becoming a fan. Max, obviously, you're a Yankees fan. Harry Douglas, he's a Braves fan. And I've never, by the way, ever in the history of my time at ESPN, which goes back to 1998, ever been objective about the Yankees. Hmm. Never. <laughs> ever. Not, ever. Not for a single day. So here's I'm a what Yankees happened. fan, period. First Subway Series, we won. Oh, I was talking trash to you. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The texts, everything was fun. This one. Worst day of my recent life. Go this ahead. one, not so much. Yeah. We got beat last night. That's but on top of me dreading coming into work to hear you bloviate, about, about the your Yankees, Yankees right? Beating the Mets. But this is a comeback time. We're healing up. This is our time to really hit our stride. I have to listen to Harry Douglas, <laughs> literally who yesterday was having pork chops at 11.30 a.m. saying to me, oh, don't let the Yankees win tonight. We're only going to be two games back right behind you. Yeah, we're on your clip. They're the it's defending relentless. champs. Yeah, yeah, they're the defending it's- champs too. Yeah, politics makes strange bedfellows, right? Like, Harry Douglas and I now have a common goal because what's bad for the Mets is good for the Yankees and Braves. And then I got key with the Dodgers just sitting on top of the National League. So it's it's all working out for us to have our own little moment here to jab each other back and forth. Sports really is about sports is about in terms of rooting interests. It's about 
ruining the emotional lives of your the people you're closest to. One million percent. Because the people you're closest to are your sports enemies. Even if you root for the same team, you will find something to argue about. You like this player, uh, they like that player, and then anytime I found myself not rooting against people who I for teams I root for, but like feeling bad when they're the ones who got the game winning hit because that's my brother's favorite player. My favorite player is this guy over here. The whole point is to is to ruin the emotional lives of of your family members and friends. I very much enjoy seeing you miserable. Yeah, I really I do. Why, what's I that look about? forward to saying, "Oh, what kind of diatribe is Max going to go on today about the Yankees?" Yeah. Oh, is it Aaron Boone or is it Cashman? Here yeah. it comes. Yeah, I when, enjoy it. When 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 I know the next day I come in and the Mets have lost and you're down in the dumps. It gives me great pleasure for some reason. Man, let's be honest. I'm not yeah. down in the dumps. We, it's as long as Jacob DeGrom and yeah. Matt Scherzer stay healthy. Right. I feel like I'm okay. By the way, you see Walker Bueller out with Tommy John, second Tommy John surgery, because when they drafted him before yeah. he ever pitched, he needed Tommy John. He's gone for this rest of this year and next year. Walker Bueller's a stud, man. Too bad Key's not here. We could make him feel bad, too. Uh, I enjoy that even more than you. Jay sounds really sad. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Durant, Rich Kleiman, along with Steve Nash, Sean Marks, Joe Sy put out a statement, said that they are all moving together forward. Where the hell are you going? You ain't going no damn way. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, <laughs> ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2. You can two. hate me now. You can listen to KJM on your smart speaker. Just say play ESPN Radio and we pop right up. By the way, download the podcast. I don't even have to tell you to download the podcast. You're doing it. 
Boy, what a fast, fat, must be the fastest growing podcast there is. Hot like fire. Dial uh, on. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So, with KD and Kyrie returning to the Nets, where does that put Brooklyn in the East? We were talking in the previous segment, Jay, and I said, we have to see about chemistry. You bring up coaching. Lots of stuff has to health. But when I look at just the weight of the talent, if there was a great scale that you could weigh every team's talent, Jay, Ben Simmons, when healthy, is a top 10 NBA player. You want to say top 15, okay. But he was trending toward MVP before the shooting stuff mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Okay. Kyrie and KD, and they're supported by Seth Curry and... and Royce and O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. I keep forgetting they acquired Royce O'Neal. It was O'Neal. only a couple years ago in the bubble where TJ Warren was going off. I don't know Joe Harris is Joe one Harris. of the best shooters in the league. Yep, great defender. Unless it's the playoffs. Patty Mills, they've re-signed Patty Mills. Patty Mills, I mean. Like, Nick what? Claxton, you have size, you have length. Dude. You can go with Ben Simmons at the five, similar to Draymond Green. I mean, they, they have a loaded squad. But let me tell you what the biggest headline was for me yesterday. Mm-hmm. The biggest ultimate headline. In an era in which in the last couple of years, we've seen Ben Simmons remove himself from the situation in Philly. We've seen James Harden remove himself from the situation in Houston and then, again, remove himself from the situation in Brooklyn. This was a sign of something that is going to be on its way and it's going to be dropped with such a hard hammer. Joe Sy of the Brooklyn Nets took a stand and said, no, you have signed a contract. You have four more years left on your contract. You are not going anywhere, which is the reason from the beginning that I argued with Keyshawn Johnson, where he kept utilizing this narrative by saying, Jay, I'm telling you, when a player tells you they don't want to be there, there ain't no way in hell you're going to keep them. Now, look, I said, okay, that might typically be the case. But this situation is different because when Rudy Gobert got traded from Utah to Minnesota, when the assets that Danny Ainge got in return for Rudy Gobert – that reset the market, and it minimized KD moving anywhere. Now, Josiah dabbled with it. Okay, let's see what the market what the market offers. The market could not go above what it offered for Rudy Gobert, and that minimized the chance of it happening. And Josiah said, "We're not doing it. We value this franchise." He stated it multiple times, Max. We're doing what's in the best interests of the Brooklyn Nets, and what was in the best interests of the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie, you are motivated now because you're in a one-year deal. There's this narrative about you that people wonder and they question your commitment to playing basketball. Not me, other people. Okay, play for it this year. Hey, Kevin Durant, this roster is ready for you to win a world championship. I'm not going to trade you for pennies on the dollar. Hell no. You have four more years left in your deal. I'll tell you the best way for you to be moved on to a different team. Play this year with Kyrie and Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Nick Claxton and Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren, TJ Warren and go win a championship and elevate your stock. And then maybe we can revisit that. I, there's so much here, Jay, to unpack. Let me just say, I agreed with you, as you recall, that this is not like a lot of recent NBA history where if James Harden doesn't want to be there, believe me, not only can I guarantee you will trade him, I can guarantee you will trade him to the exact market that he orders you to trade him to. He's the boss, and he will tell you where to trade him, and that will happen, and that happened twice, okay? That's the, the, the recent history of NBA superstars. This was different. 
This was different partly because KD is too good to trade for pennies on the dollar. Like when Dr. Jerry Buss told Kobe, when Kobe wanted to go to the Clippers, Kobe, you're a five-carat diamond. I'm not trading you for five one-carat diamonds, right? Partly because KD is 34 years old and has been hurt, had an Achilles, and has been hurt the last two seasons and changes his mind so often that even if you were like, forget his age, forget the injury history recently, he's so good we should do what he says. But even if you were inclined to do that, the guy thinks one thing on Monday, another thing on Tuesday, another thing on Wednesday. You can't just give him the keys to the franchise and let him run the whole show because I don't think he knows what he wants long term, right? So that also makes you take a step back and say, hold on a second. Partly because KD overreached. As I mentioned, Key brought up, you want the coach and the GM gone? Come on, dude. It's, you're not giving any sense that, in fact, we can trust you with the franchise. That's a wholesale change. Mm-hmm. There are so many reasons. And then also partly because of and the stuff you identified, obviously, with the resetting of the market. Also, if you look at recent NBA history, actually the teams that are winning are not – just throwing together some superstars and getting it done. The Lakers, yes, LeBron and AD in a bubble season, but by and large, the, the, that's the exception to the rule. The rule has been building the culture ground up and maybe adding, adding a piece, piece or two. Yes. Right. That is increasingly, I think it's because, Jay, your average player is more skilled and versatile now than they used to be, mm-hmm. that the difference between the superstar and another player is not quite what it used to be. And so you need depth. You need variety and depth in your on your team. So teams like the Bucks win, the the Warriors win. Superstars, yes, but also well distributed talent. The Celtics. The Celtics. And so the model may be changing in a way that takes just as the quarterback is getting more powerful in the NBA in the NFL, the superstar may be getting a little less powerful in the NBA. No, I still think the superstar is powerful. Still powerful, but as powerful as they were three years ago? Yes. Really? Yes, but I think what we just saw in real time, Max, was the power dynamic shift from this being Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's team to it being Joe size team, mm-hmm. which has always been, right? But we, we, and, and this is something I said a month ago, and it kind of just got glossed over. I said, hey, look, when this new CBA comes up, oh, trust and believe Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has watched – Big-time player after big-time player say, ah, I don't want to be here, and force their way out. And there will be major, significant penalties for players who don't commit or fulfill their contract if they don't want to be somewhere. That's a real difference. It's going to be addressed. See, guys like me who are pro-labor will support that because that's very different than you work all your life to be the best in the world at the most, literally the most competitive industry on the planet Earth, the NBA, right? So I don't think they're – I think it's pretty clear it's the most – everyone on earth who can play in the NBA is playing in the NBA. That's basically true. Seven and a half billion people, 400 jobs. Come on. So you work your whole life to get to be one of those 400. Then you have no choice where you go. You get drafted. Basically, the financial incentives are for you to stay there six to seven years. So, like, at that point, don't hold the person there. Let them go and do what they want to do. That's different than saying, hold on. Once you decide to sign a contract, you got to fulfill the contract. So Adam Silver is going to have some support there. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. KD and the Nets saying kumbaya, and they're going to be holding the hands for the foreseeable future. Like Kevin Durant, like, well, you know, I've reconsidered, and you know, yeah, I want to stay. No, you ain't going no place. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, ESPN2. You can listen to KJM on your smart speakers. You know that? Just say play ESPN Radio. We're right there. Download the podcast. Open your window. We talk loud enough. At least I do. Presented by Progressive Insurance, of course. You think uh, Danny Ainge is receiving a, a bouquet today of flowers from Josiah and the Brooklyn Nets saying, hey, you know what? Thank you for, thank you for elevating the market to such a degree that it made it damn near impossible yeah. for us to move Kevin Durant. I mean, impossible. Rudy Gobert, the haul he got for Rudy Gobert, who, by the way, Gobert is a very good defensive player. And I got to tell you the truth, I always felt like he was a little lazy on offense. Well, I mean, he got exploited. He got exploited in the playoff series against Dallas. Jason Kidd went small. You couldn't have him on the floor. Yeah. So – Think about what that does to the, the league. I mean, it opens up so This is what Ben so Simmons' many- criticism, remember? He's yeah. like, I guard five positions. When you go small, you got to take Gobert off the floor. So who's the defense, best defensive player in fact? That's what I'm saying. So it, it just it recalibrates the whole NBA. So it, it opens up the door for the Lakers, the Miami Heat. Look what it does for the New York Knicks now, too. If Danny Ainge got that for Rudy Gobert, you don't think he can get more for Donovan Mitchell from a team in dire need? What's so hilarious? Now that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are off the table? What you just said is so hilarious. You're not supposed to trade with trader Danny, Dan, right? Like, Danny Ainge is going to rip you off. The Knicks, who have traditionally been the dumbest run franchise with the dumbest basketball owner, right, in James Dolan. The Knicks are about to get so exploited and embarrassed in this trade with Utah, it's going to be hilarious. I'm not calling James Dolan the dumbest. Really? Who's dumber? It's not ad hominem. I'm talking about as it, when it comes to basketball. The guy stayed out of the way with Leon Rose and company. Yeah, but he's going to lose he's patience. Headed. Rose is going to get nervous. He's going to panic. He's going to make a bad deal for Donovan Mitchell. And the Knicks will be in the same position they're always in. Once every 10 years, they maybe can win a playoff series and then stop there. Who would you like to keep for Donovan Mitchell? Well, let's put it this way. What would I? The better question picks? is this. The better question is this. What would I do if I were James Dolan? What I would do is I call Masai Ujiri, and I would say, I, whatever they're it paying you, that. whatever they're paying you, I will quintuple it. 
I'll put I'll put a, I'll put five times what they're paying you. Get the hell out of there. I'm going to sign you up now. Then I'd give Masai Ujiri control, and I'd leave him alone. That's what I would do if I were James. I'd, I'd hire the well, smartest person he, I could he find. He tried to bring Masai Ujiri. I think Ujiri And he failed out. to do so because as a basketball owner, he is a miserable, hilarious failure. Right, yeah. Failure. Yeah, that's the hill you're going to die on. Okay. I'm not dying on it. He's going to sell the team. I, I don't, he's not going to sell the team. Well, then, I, then, then the Knicks will be right where they are. Okay, listen. Let's talk about the actual good team in New York City. The mighty Brooklyn Nets. We want to hear from you. With KD and Kyrie returning to the Nets, where does that put Brooklyn in the East? And how much pressure is now on Steve Nash Milton in New York? He's a miserable, hilarious failure. Failure. All right, no Milton, Milton. Are you there, Milton? He's listening He's to the radio. There, yeah. I was listening to myself. I was just so enraptured. I was like, with is the that Milton? Milton sounds like my own Max. voice. Brunel. Oh, in Chicago. Brunel. Hello. What's, What's up, Brunel? Man? Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Doing good, brother. Doing good. Good, good. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the East. I'm going to put a. Brooklyn about maybe the fourth or fifth seed, you know, and I've got them winning maybe one playoff series until they address their coach and their leadership. I still have question marks with them. You know, I mean, Steve Nash has showed you what that that he's a. Uh, I mean, he he's not a good he's not a good coach. He makes no adjustments. He does nothing. So I, I don't I don't understand where they're going to go until they address their leadership. Look, I, I think Coach Bud, better coach. Eric Spolstra, better coach. Doc Rivers, better coach. All these guys have more experience. I agree with Vernell. I think Mark Jackson, somebody that can hold this team accountable, is the right guy for the job. But in Steve Nash's defense, he has not had this team at full health. It's always been something. Even two years ago, when they were so close to beating the Milwaukee Bucks, Think about if that team had a healthy James Harden and a healthy Kyrie Irving with KD. We would have been looking at Steve Nash differently. So let's see how he does in these first two months of the season. And then but trust and believe that his job is being looked at on a day-to-day basis about is this team moving in the right direction. You know, I want to say something quickly about Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson brought along he, – he was integral in terms of the development of the Golden State Warrior dynasty. Mm-hmm. People will put, point out that they had the most stagnant offense in the league, like the, the most stagnant. And then Steve Kerr came in and it became the most dynamic. Yes. And that is true. Uh, several things about that, though. Number one, that was you, you got to give a guy more than one crack at it. Anytime someone does a job for the first time, they're not going to be as good as when they get experienced. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I think of uh, the example of that is Buck Showalter in baseball. Great he example. developed the Yankees. He was, came up from the farm system with those kids. He developed the Yankees. He got them right to the doorstep. They felt with him they couldn't get over the top. They hired Joe Torre, and largely with Buck Showalter's team and a few additions, they, win, they go on an incredible dynastic run. That doesn't mean you never give Buck Showalter another crack at it. He's a very, very good manager. But it wasn't just basketball for Mark. It was a lot of the ownership relationship with management that were in question. That I was going to get to that next, Jay. That. I'm glad you brought it up. Even with that, oh, but the environment was toxic, da 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 Mark Jackson clearly was creating an us-against-the-world climate 
with the Golden State Warriors, if you read Phil Jackson's books, like the five, whatever it is, five, he talks about the steps of becoming a team. And Mark got him up to the second or third step of team building on a way to the championship. Maybe he didn't have enough experience at the time to get him all the way, but maybe he does now. What, is he never going to get another crack at it? I agree. I mean, look at Jason Kidd and, and, and the whole ride that he's taken, being with Milwaukee and Mark Lazarus, who was the owner, and, and having Giannis and it not working out, learning from that experience. Trying going, to fight through every pick on yep, defense. It go, didn't work. Going yeah. to the Lakers staff. Playing that role underneath Coach Bud, learning, winning a championship, then taking that resume now, building that up, and now going to Dallas Such a and getting example. into the Western Conference Finals. It's a good example. In fact, Mark Jackson was a poor man's Jason Kidd as a player, yes. right? Like, they kind of similar, but Jason Kidd's talents were pitched a little higher. But, but actually, similar things as a coach, right? A few of the, of the same problems, but that doesn't mean Jason Kidd never gets another crack. It would be very interesting to see what Mark Jackson could do with a loaded roster right now. Tim in Michigan, what do you got? Tim, Michigan, go. How do we have so many calls? We have so many calls. All the Daniel in West Virginia. Good morning. And nobody's saying anything. Hello? Daniel. Yes, Daniel. What's up, man? Uh, I was just going to say, I think that the Brooklyn Nets fall about third. They have plenty of talent, but I think just as important as talent is chemistry. And you got the Celtics, and they have superb chemistry. And I just feel like Giannis, Giannis, I don't know, he works with everybody. I don't like the Bucks, but I like him, and I feel like that's why they're third. See, look, I, I hold firm on this. I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the East. I do. I, I, I firmly believe that the Milwaukee Bucks – would have beaten the Celtics last year yeah. if Chris Middleton on, were available. Yeah. Chris Middleton is a 50-40-90 type of basketball player. With defense. He may not have the sex appeal of the bigger names like the Kawhi Leonard's and the, the you know, LeBron James and the Kyrie Irvings, but he gets the job you done. You take the second best player off any team, they ain't going to win. And I do believe that the Celtics are on their way. I, I, I think that the Golden State Warriors – have more discipline and championship you, experience than the Celtics in the finals. I thought you were about to jump on the point he just made because we were talking about it in the break. He talked about Giannis and the effect that Giannis has on a team. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about the kind of players who can bring guys together, right, and, and, and make the whole more than the sum of its parts. That's the question you have with the Brooklyn Nets. That's why I think the head coach is so imperative, right? Kevin Durant is naturally a demure kind of personality, right? He just wants to hoop. He'll talk trash to you. He'll lead off the court. But on the court, who is that person? Is that Kyrie Irving, who's more of an offensively scoring attack mode? Ben Simmons doesn't say a lot. Who has a personality that is galvanizing to bring people together? That is who Giannis is on the Milwaukee Bucks. They have a culture in place where they believe in each other and they have trust, Max, that's what you're waiting to see. This is the, the point Nets you made about can... Steph Curry. And yes. this is your best argument about Steph Curry. If you include Steph Curry in the top 10 all time, which I'm reluctant to do. I have him hovering between 10 and 12, He creates say. an environment conducive for that. Because if it was a one-on-one game, that's one thing. It is not one-on-one. It's not even five-on-five. It's, 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 you know, the full roster against the full roster. And Steph Curry 
is more responsible for the championship culture based on his personality and the way he plays, right, than anyone. Think about it in football. Joe Burrow. Look at the way Joe Burrow leads. Listen to the way people in the locker room talk about him. Patrick Mahomes, the same thing. You don't hear anybody say anything negative. Even when Tyreek Hill was like, oh, he was like, okay, cool. Like, he didn't create that environment. Lamar Jackson, the same thing with the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody loves to play. There's certain dudes that you just rock with. You feel it a certain way. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We do want to hear from you. With KD and Kyrie returning to the Nets, where does that put Brooklyn in the East, and how much pressure is now on Steve Nash, Jen in Tampa? I think it's a lot. I think that, to be honest, they could have won, like someone else has said three years ago, but a lot of them were injured. And another story is, too, that Kyrie and... KD drama all summer long. It was too much. It was like like LeBron James. Too much for the summer for the NBA. And if I was Steve Nash, I will go somewhere else. Yeah, listen. Because at this okay. point, you cannot trust your player. Yeah, listen, Jen, I, what, what Jay was just talking about, in the absence of a player like that, and I don't know if the coach can be that guy. The coach needs an extension of himself on the floor to me in my observation of sports throughout my almost 50 years on the planet Earth, Jay, um, I think about Magic Johnson. He wins the chip first year he gets to the Lakers. But if Mm -hmm. Magic walks, and they were loaded, but if Magic walks into a room, you know what he makes you feel like? I don't know if I'm sure you've experienced this. You're the only person there. I would describe it like this. He makes you want to be the best version of yourself because he believes in you, and you don't want to disappoint him. You want to, you know, he could, he brings, he lifts up everyone in a room magic as soon as he walks in. When Larry Bird, who has a different kind of personality, but got to the Celtics, they had won 20-something games the year before. They won 60 his first year because he is that, he is that kind of force. He is a, even if his personality is not bubbly like Magic's and he's ornery and everything, but he lifts a team up. LeBron James, wherever he goes, the team gets lifted up. This is something you need to see from a guy like Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie has the more forceful personality between him and KD, then he has to show, which he has not yet shown in his career, the ability to lift a team up, not just to be this unbelievable guy when you put your eyes on him, but to make everyone better. So there is accountability for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I do not deny that. But this is where your management style comes into play. I have a production company. We're producing a movie right now. We're working with very high-end talent. It comes with a lot of drama. But you know what some of my colleagues who are very, very successful have said? (sighs) It's always hard, but when we get it done, it's going to be incredible. Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, you don't think that came along with drama? Scottie Pippen and Jerry Krause? Think about that last dance, all the things we learned about. Ty Lue. LeBron James and all that drama that came along with being in Cleveland with Kyrie and how they handled that. And Kevin Love, you don't think that came along with drama? How you manage the drama and how you keep people in line on how they move forward is imperative to the success of your franchise. You look at the Miami Heat, big, forceful. Really, if you talked about who's the alpha dog of the NBA, probably Pat Riley the whole time, right? Look at the way Eastbone managed Jimmy Butler this year. Right, so Pat Riley's very strong. There's an expression in business, A's higher A's and B's higher C's. Because if, you're, if you don't really have confidence that you're a top-flight person or you're, you don't have top-flight ability in your profession, 
you want the person underneath you to not be as competent as you. That way you keep your job. But if you're an A, you hire another A, right? Pat Riley's an A. Eric Spolstra's an A. They want Dwayne Wade there. They want that kind of personality. So it's, it, it trickles down through the whole organization. And, and the Nets, maybe they're taking a good first step with Josiah asserting himself. But the Nets have yet to show that they can be that kind of organization. That's True. what they really need to take the step now and do. Les Snead, Sean McVay. You don't think that came along with drama last year with Jared Goff? When he came out and said, no, I want Matthew Stafford. Right. And this is what we're going to do. And how many people question that? And it led to a championship. You need leadership that says things and speaks with experience and conviction. And that, that, is, that is the one gap for the Nets coaching-wise. That It could change. Right, it could change if they were to win. Remember when Kyrie came out and was Steve like, "Steve Kerr didn't have that." We don't really have a coach. Some days I'll be the coach. So as soon as I heard that, I'm like, "Oh, okay." Minimizes Steve Nash. Okay, come on, man. Let's go to CB. CB. Yeah, CB in Jersey. Stand Good up, morning. Guy. Good morning, guys. I just got to say this. I want you guys, especially Jay Will. I want you to seriously look at the Nets roster from from this past year. And you know what? Nash, I like Nash, but he's not the good coach that the Nets need. I agree with you, Jay, about an alpha dog and you too, Max. You need that on an excellent team because to manage, as Jay mentioned, to manage those type of personalities, those superstars, you need somebody. It's absolutely essential for someone to be able to manage them. Now, the reason why I said look at their roster, because Nash did not play Griffin or Aldridge. After Aldridge, before Aldridge got hurt, he was leading the lead in mid-range jump shots. When he got hurt and came back, Nash didn't even play him because I watched all the games. Mm-hmm. And then- CB, I want to bring up this point on top of your point. And it's a question that we need to start asking. Why did James Harden leave the Brooklyn Nets? Why did James Harden leave the Brooklyn Nets? You're yeah, it's not just Daryl Morey's in Philly, with right? Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, what comes along with that talent that James Harden wouldn't see the best way for him to enhance his legacy from the way people categorize him as, oh, he doesn't give it all to the game, and he gets there, he doesn't get over the hump. What do you think gives James Harden the best chance to get over the hump? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, do you think it's the way they were managed? Do you think James Harden saw something that says, oh, maybe maybe this coaching staff doesn't hold certain people accountable the way I – maybe I want to go somewhere else. No, so think about that so interest, That's such an interesting point. Jay, the best I've ever seen James Harden play, and I've never seen a point guard play better than this, was James Harden when he ran the point when he first got to Brooklyn. That's the best version of James Harden ever. I don't care when he averaged 30-whatever points, whatever. He had probably averaged 22 points and 10 assists, something like that. He took the reins of that team. I remember the, I, I always said he rolled out of bed, showed up in Brooklyn, fat and out of shape, looking a hot mess, and it didn't matter. He had Mike D'Antoni on the bench, right, coaching the offense. They gave him the ball. Kyrie Irving said, you take it. You're the point guard, right? Kyrie recognized, like, I'm a scorer. That dude's the point guard. And without even KD there, just James Harden and Kyrie Irving, they terrorized the NBA. They were, I thought, clearly the best team in basketball. Why would he leave that situation? That was my question, Max. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I, 
Do you have an answer? No, I was asking a rhetorical question. And the, well, because it seems a rhetorical question seems to there seems to be some knowledge behind it, right? It seems to me the answer is that your answer is, if I'm inferring correctly, that James Harden is seeing the lack of accountability of the other two superstars to the coaching staff and the, and management is thinking this is not sustainable. See, I don't know if it's a lack of accountability or if it's I don't know how to reason or communicate how to make you accountable. Wait, who? Who's I? That's Steve Nash. That's the head coach. At the end of the day, ah, we, we've seen this multiple times, right? You're only as good as your leadership. Your leadership sets the tone. And even if you are talented, if you don't believe in your leadership to get you over the line, so uh, this I'm is why do the my pre- own thing. One of the other callers, and you picked up, you picked it up and started ticking them off because we're talking about you started ticking off the names because we were talking about which teams in the East, where do the Nets rank? Budenholzer. That's one of the powerhouses the Nets are competing against in Milwaukee. Better than Nash, right? Uh, uh, Doc Rivers, same sort of thing in terms of leadership. Eric uh, Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Uh, who who I mean, am I missing? Go down all the names. I mean, go. Uh, Bra- I mean, go with Celtics. Go um, with Ime Udoka. Udoka. Are you, uh, a- everyone has a real leader at the top, and Nash has yet to demonstrate that he can be there. There's a chance he could. Do he, that, I'm, we're not saying he can't. But but what he I'm hasn't saying done right yet. now is that the pressure is 30x. What it's been. The pressure is 30x now because your star player has given your owner an ultimatum, and now we are going to sit on that and watch every damn move. How does this situation in Brooklyn have an impact on how NBA front offices handle superstar players moving forward? Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Willemax. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 